Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we talk about every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host, Steve. Joining me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Hannah Martin. Hannah, how are you doing today? Doing well. We had a nice long weekend. It was Labor Day. Yeah, yeah. So by the time this episode goes up, it'll probably be two weeks in between um, our last episode. So we took that weekend off for Labor Day. Um, enjoyed time with family and not with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> oh, but what did we do on actual Labor Day? We watched, we watched a Nicolas, a Nicolas Cage, Cage movie. movie. Yeah, and then we're recording it a few days later. So uh, we got to shake off the rust, you know, of the past week or two weeks. But uh, yeah, so today we are going to get into the 1984 movie, I believe was the year, uh, Racing with the Moon. Racing with the Moon, um, just kind of a brief overview. It's a period piece set in World War II, uh, starring Sean Penn. Uh, Nicolas Cage is, is, uh, has a pretty prominent role in this movie. Uh, it's also starring Elizabeth McGovern. And, he's um, the best friend again. He's a, yeah, he's the best friend again. Um, you know, he's not... He's not Sean Penn's bud, but he does have a have a name this time. But it's Nikki, so again, he's named after himself. Um, so right at the top, a few things that we like to do: like to talk about the uh, ratings, kind of the critical review ratings, as well as um, you know, Rotten Tomatoes, that that type. Hey guys, future Steve cutting in here just for a second, like we did last week. We had to get some new microphones. We had some technical difficulties. We'll talk about it more in next week's episode, but basically we got cut off here, but I was saying that this movie got scored with a 60 on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a 6-0. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. That's the lowest score we've seen on Rotten Tomatoes, which really? doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I just looked them all up. Valley Girls, 82, inexplicably. Uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High is 78. Uh, which, you know, makes sense. Rumblefish is 70. Oh, my God. I know, which I thought Rumblefish was a lot worse than Racing with the Moon. Yeah, definitely. But, um, yeah. We'll, we'll... And then um, IMDb, it's 6.7 out of 10. Yeah, that's about middle of the pack for what we've seen um, so far. The lowest being Best of Times with 5.4, and the highest <laughs> being a tie between Fast Times and uh, Rumblefish with 7.2, so... Um, kind of the middle of the pack uh, all around, except for Rotten Tomatoes, I guess. So, uh, like I said, we'd like to also start the podcast with a little bit of an interesting story, a little bit of a uh, fun fact about Nick Cage and his life, or maybe the making of the movie. Uh, Hannah usually looks that up, so what do you got for us this weekend? Yeah, I found some stuff. So, the director, Richard Benjamin, cast Sean Penn after seeing him in a, uh, a stage play in New oh. York. Okay. And he cast Nick Cage after seeing him, him his um exhilarating performance in Valley Girl. Really? Uh-huh. He got work after Valley Girl? Are you kidding? He's made 100 movies. <laughs> I mean, I mean he got I am sorry, I misspoke. He got work because, because of, of Valley Girl. Girl. Of course he did. <laughs> Wait, I have so I have a question for you. Was mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage always meant to be Nikki, or did he audition for the role that Sean Penn played? I can't find that anywhere. Okay, because um, that's kind of a trend with Nicolas Cage. He always is like, I'm going to I'm gonna play the, the lead, and then he never gets the lead, except for Valley Girl. Yeah, I, I couldn't find, to be honest, I couldn't find too much on this, but yeah. because I found this little snippet that says that the director cast him after seeing him in Valley Girl, he probably didn't even audition for it. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, he probably didn't. Interesting. Anyway, any other stories, any other interesting factoids? You were kind of uh, chuckling earlier. Yeah, I did. Or, or, but that was a, a story for a later day that, that Hannah read to me, so a, a future podcast we'll have to uh, we'll have to discuss that yeah. one. Yeah. 
So at this time in his life, I think he's still 19 because I think he made the last three movies all within the same year. Yeah, this Um, is 1984, mm -hmm. so that makes sense. Yeah. So he's still 19. So I actually earlier today was watching a um an old David Letterman interview with Nick Cage. Oh, really? And he talks about this time when he was a teenager when he he said that he had a bag of shrooms in his refrigerator. Okay. And one day his cat got into the fridge. Oh god. And his cat took the shrooms, so he decided to partake in taking the shrooms with his cat and the two of them just stared at each other and he said he's never felt like he had a brother more than than the cat than he did in that cat jesus christ (laughs) that's amazing he goes i remember laying in my bed for hours and my cat lewis was on the desk across from the bed for hours we were just staring at each other not moving he would stare at me and i had no doubt that he was my brother what a weirdo oh that's why we do this podcast Mm -hmm. oh my god that's amazing well i don't know what to say to that that's (laughs) but this is probably one of his last movies where he's actually a teenager and he said that happened when he was a teenager so very good find thank you yeah i figured it's now or never if we're going to talk about it yeah no that that totally makes sense um any other stories or should we start going through the movie i couldn't find much not even like anything interesting about the movie itself uh, this this is the second movie that he's made with sean penn yeah since they both were in um fast times sort of <laughs> oh yeah yeah nick and, um, didn't quite get any lines in fast times original also High. second movie he's made with crispin glover yeah yeah so that's actually the first scene that we see nicholas cage um we'll talk a little bit uh uh in a second about uh, more about the scene but yeah crispin glover uh, makes a surprise appearance um wasn't there somebody else that from the movie that we saw? Oh, we saw um, Carol Kane. Carol Kane, who plays um, the the wacky landlord on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. At least that's what I know her from. Um, she yeah, makes kind of a surprise appearance. Yeah, no. So I was thinking of something else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, the boys are back together. You know? The boys are back together. Crispin, Sean, and Nick, <laughs> the Three Musketeers. So, um, yeah, this movie, like I said, it's a World War II movie. It takes place in 1942. It's Christmas time in a town of uh, Point Muir, California. Um, so, like we also said, Sean Penn is the lead in this movie. Um, I do kind of want to start by asking you about Sean Penn. Uh, what, I, have, I have a few rapid-fire questions for you. I want you to answer quickly. Okay. Sean Penn's character. Is he smart? No. Is he dumb? No. Is is he funny? No. Is he super serious? No. He's nothing. We don't know what this character is. He's it blows he's my. He's a really good actor, though. He's a great actor, and you know, we'll talk again at the end about you know kind of our overall thoughts on this movie. But th- this one, like, it felt like a like a he felt like a real character. You know what I mean? He felt, I, but well, then he I, felt like a real person. Yeah. You know, people yeah. don't have like. One extreme or the other, you do. But yeah. Normal people don't. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, Sean Penn, the, we noticed, right? So, the first scene is Sean Penn just kind of walking along the train tracks, and nobody says a word, and some kids look at him super weird, and they. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, they like put pennies on the tracks, and the trains run over to flatten out the pennies or whatever, and then he walks away, and then we go to the next scene. Sean Penn's playing the piano. And nobody says anything for like five full minutes. It's really weird start. 
Um, his dad also gets his name wrong right in the beginning of the movie. Oh, yeah. He calls him August, which is his dog's He's name. like, hey, August, how are you? He's like, oh, dad, that's He's the like, dog. Henry. Uh, which was super weird. <laughs> like, was that supposed to be a joke? I don't know. But um, so the first scene that we see Nicolas Cage, our boy, um, is in the bowling alley. So it turns out Sean Penn is uh, works in the bowling alley. So because it's 1942, they don't have those automatic ball returners or those... Um, the, the pin the, setter-uppers. The pin, I, I know, I'm struggling I know for the word too. Yeah, so the pin setter-uppers. <laughs> so we see uh, Sean Penn goes into the bowling alley and we see Nick Cage. He's in the back. He's setting up the pins. Sweaty and working hard <laughs> and it just goes like damn nick like and again i mean he's still young he's yeah, in the he prime of his good, life yeah. yeah yeah so they're re they're restacking the pins and um there's people who are throwing bowling balls down the lanes before they can get out of the way because they have to get out of the way and the biggest asshole throwing the balls before sean penn can get out of the way is our boy crispin glover from best of times it was a real departure from his last character <laughs> yeah. his last character of like well geez i just want to go to the dance and now he's like he plays like a full-on bully um <laughs> so while all that's going on nick and sean are talking about and it's another theme about they're trying to get like laid before going to the war um because they're all like gonna get drafted they're all getting drafted in a couple of months and so they're talking about oh i'm trying to get laid and so Nick asks Sean to find some girl to go on a double date with him. And then a fight breaks out between Sean Penn and um, Crispin Glover. <laughs> and Nick Cage goes to break up the fight. And he's got blood on his hands. And, and I think Nick Cage takes a punch as well. And then it, like, changes, you know, the camera cuts. And then it shows, like, the girl who's got a bloody handprint on her left boob. So it's like Nick Cage had, like, full-on grabbed this strange woman's boob. So that was the first moment in the movie where I thought maybe this was him doing some weird improv. But oh, yeah. But I, I did find, actually, it's, like, explicitly written out here. It says that this is on IMDb. Um, mm-hmm. It says that the scene when Sean Penn is fighting Crispin Glover... Nick Cage is then seen trying to clean the blood off of a woman's dress, and this was the director's idea, oh, not geez. Nick Cage's. Oh, God. <laughs> but I like that they had to specify, because the world would probably just assume, as I did, right. that it was Nick Cage's idea. What is happening in the 80s? <laughs> All right, so the next scene um, that we see Nicolas Cage is um, actually where we see Carol Kane for the first time. They, she gets thrown out of the bar, or the guy she's with gets thrown out of the bar. So they're outside the bar now. And their boss is having them, like, water down the liquor bottles or something. Really kind of a brief scene, but they see Carol Kane, who were like, is she a prostitute? She might be a prostitute. Almost definitely a prostitute. So anyway, they get Carol Kane to be Sean Penn's date. And I completely forget all of the characters' names, so I'm using the actors and actresses' names. Yeah. And Nick Cage has his own girlfriend. Right. So Nick Cage has his own girlfriend, and he's trying to impress her parents. So he says, you know, why don't I get this upstanding young gentleman sean penn to bring him and his girlfriend on a date with me and my girlfriend there haven't really been uh, a lot of great quotes up to this point I, I you know i just i had a few written down you know he goes oh boy at some point at the bowling alley and then when they're behind the bar watering down the liquor he goes i'd pay if i were you joe to the guy who like didn't pay for the prostitute so they're at the girl's house and nick cage is a nice big black eye and he picks up his girlfriend sally that's the one character's name i do remember and uh, so they get in the car and Nikki, Nikki, <laughs> Nikki and Sally. So they get in the car with Sean Penn and Carol Kane and they drop off Sean Penn and Carol Kane. So they were just there for appearances for Sally's parents, I guess. And he goes 
Hi, kids. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I saw like the gears turning in your head just now. You were like, oh my God. Yeah, that I like about crawled that. out of the back of your <laughs> mind. You're like, my kids. It does a really weird voice. So like I said, not a ton of great quotes up until this point. But so at, at some point between this and the next time we see Nick Cage, you wanted me to write down that the dog August was wearing an aviator helmet and goggles. He was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> And then, so... Oh, and so, yeah, so so uh, Sean Penn runs into Nick's girlfriend, Sally, and while he's walking the dog, and Sally asks about the helmet, and he goes, oh, he got it as a, for Christmas. For right? his birthday. Yeah, for his birthday. He goes, like, why is he wearing that thing? He likes it. He got it for his birthday. And Hannah so just, cute. like, grabbed her face and went, no! <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. So they are... Okay, so the next scene is, you know, so this whole time, in between these scenes, Sean Penn has been eyeing up uh, Elizabeth McGovern, who we find out is kind of like the new girl in town. And she's, she works at the movie theater, so they're at the bar across the street from the movie theater, and he's talking to Nick Cage. Uh, and Nick Cage, you know, while Sean Penn is paying attention to the Elizabeth McGovern across the street, Nick Cage is telling a story about his Aunt Ida, who at Christmas time wore a mistletoe hat, and he was like bitching about how Aunt Ida always wants to kiss him on the lips and stuff like that. I don't know, super weird. But yeah, so we're we're at this point where we only really get a few kind of quick back and forth glimpses and shots of Nick Cage and we're like oh maybe he fixed his teeth he didn't mm-hmm. no yeah, no he real bad in that scene <laughs> yeah he there are scenes where they you know unless he's got his shirt off or something he's like a he's a real goofy looking dude i think what happened was he was overcompensating with his body for how bad his teeth were. Mm. And then maybe once he got his teeth fixed, he was like, all right, well, I can let myself, I can go. Let myself go a little bit. Cause at <laughs> least my face isn't like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so Sean Penn's big plan is that when she comes over after work to the bar to grab a slice of pie, you know, it's a bar diner or something like that. He was going to pretend that he works there. So he hops behind the counter and pretends he works there. And she goes, okay, great. Bye. See you later. And she hops on a bus and Sean Penn races after the bus and gets onto the back of the bus. And Nick Cage is like, like what the... hangs on the, right. the side of the bus. Right. Yeah. Nick Cage is like, what the hell's going on? So later he gets to outside of Elizabeth McGovern's house and it's this huge mansion. And she goes into the mansion. And then again, inexplicably, Nick Cage drives up because he had a car <laughs> the whole time. He runs after the bus and hangs up. What, he could have just filled in his friend and been like, Hey, like, I want to follow this girl. Yeah, I guess that's really not something he can do. <laughs> that's a little creepy. But but he just pulls up out of nowhere. So, or like at any point, he if the bus had stopped, Sean Penn could have gotten off the bus and hopped into his buddy's car who was clearly following him that the whole time. That made it the first stop. You don't know that? I guess. I don't know what the bus system was like in 1942. If you know what the bus system was like in 1942, <laughs> write in. Tweet at us. We're really curious. Yeah. yeah. So Nick Cage goes, oh, Christ, she's a Gatsby. So meaning that, you know, she's really well to do. So there's another scene. I guess she also, I guess Elizabeth McGovern also works at the library. library. Mm -hmm. So Sean Penn goes up to the library. And this is the first time we see this, but it happens a couple of times throughout the movies, throughout this movie. An old man is walking (laughs) in. 
is walking out of the library with a cane and Sean Penn's walking in and the old man like slaps him in the butt with the cane and says something snarky. I didn't write it down. But and Sean Penn kind of turns and waves his fist at him like, ah, you crazy you old crazy man. crazy old man. But, and we don't know who this old man is. We, this old man came out of nowhere. But there's like a few other scenes. There's like maybe back at the diner or like, at, you know, in other places where there's just like this older man who has two lines or something. And I'm like, did, maybe it's the director. Or yeah, something. I, th- I think they're like the director's bookies that he owes yeah. favors to or something like that. And it's like, I'll put you in a movie. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. I'll pay you back. So that was weird. So we are now we go to the bar. So it's a billiards bar. These guys like to play pool a lot. I think once again, he's got a, a tank top on and Hannah commented, he's looking good again. All these movies, he's wearing a white tank top. Always a white tank top. Yeah. A white tank top or shirtless of some kind. I don't think he's shirtless at all. Oh, yeah, he is. We'll get In there. This? Oh, God, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's the great scene. We're really just filling, killing time to get to the great scene in this movie. We're trying to build some suspense. Yeah, I'm trying to kind of breeze over these scenes, and there's really not a ton of, like, really iconic quotes or anything like that. This next scene, actually, when they're at the billiards bar, they're just kind of drinking, talking about going to war. And uh, he's giving Sean Penn a little bit of shit for chasing this girl. He's like, you're never going to stand a chance with this girl, yada, yada, yada. And then, I forget how the conversation progresses, but Nick goes, he says this line, he goes, when I finish killing Japs, I ain't coming back here. (laughs) And then his eyes get like really wide and crazy as only Nick Cage can. Mm -hmm. So he goes on a long rant about killing Japs. So there's that. But that was kind of a sign of the times, I guess. You know, it's a period piece. So next we kind of go into a montage of Sean Penn and Elizabeth McGovern dating and they're banging in ponds and stuff like that. Probably getting they filmed all that sorts in the winter, of... apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, ow. That's so cold. They were naked. Well, they... Oh, yeah. Sean Penn strips all the way down. Yeah, you see Sean Penn's butt. So if you're into that, check out this movie. Probably about a third of the way Sean through. Sean Penn and Elizabeth McGovern go swimming in the lake was shot in the middle of winter, which meant that the water would be freezing cold. But Penn and McGovern were so into the film that they elected yeah. to do it anyway. Well, that was part of what they were saying, too, right? I mean, it's California, but um, it was February, so the water would have been cold, I guess. They, they said, oh, it's February. Isn't it cold? And they were like, ah. then, so it was actually, so they weren't acting like they were cold. They were genuinely cold. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the next, <laughs> the next scene is. There are a few scenes that, yeah. It's like the next the, the next two. Minutes. Yeah, the next 15 <laughs> minutes. This is Nicolas Cage gold. This is so prime nouveau shamanic Nicolas Cage. Yes? What you let's got? Let's talk about nouveau shamanic a little Please, bit. Please, tell let's me. Let's have the nouveau shamanic moment of, well, not moment, I guess segment of the podcast <laughs> where we talk about uh-huh. what it means to truly envelop yourself in the nouveau shamanic right. way. So if you're, um, if you're new to the podcast, this is Nicolas Cage's own acting style that he said he's developed himself and will likely write a book on one day. Right. But nobody knows exactly what it means, but maybe Hannah can enlighten us. I found a little bit. Okay. It's on Wikipedia, so it, oh. I don't know why. <laughs> we just didn't look for it. We were very lazy before yeah. and didn't look for it before. <laughs> okay, so he developed his own method of acting, described as nouveau shamanic, noted at some point I'll have to write a book about it. He later explained that he drew the inspiration for the name of the book, uh, for the name, Nouveau Shamanic, Mm -hmm. from the book The Way of the Actor by Brian Bates, in which he read about the parallel between ancient shamans and thespians. Oh, shamans. I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) 
In other interviews, he defined his acting style using terms such as German expressionism or Western kabuki, which (laughs) I love that he's describing himself as Western kabuki. You know, if I had two words to describe Nicolas Cage, it's Western kabuki. (laughs) Kabuki, definitely. Western's a maybe. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure he's been made fun of by not only us, but everyone in the world for his, you know, extreme methods. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in the the near future, he really had to stand up for himself in in a movie that we're going to be watching in a few few episodes. Which movie? I'll tease it a little bit. Birdie. I think it's like two episodes. Yeah. He really, really had to stand up for himself. Why? Um, Because people ripped him apart? No. We'll We'll get get to it. it. We'll get to it. All right. right. Keep Um, listening. (laughs) Yeah. Keep listening. But, you know, as of now, I'm sure that he, you know, he got thrown off of set. He probably got fired for being a little bit weird. But he lived in his car, but like nothing too crazy yet. But like the crazy is coming. I keep forgetting that he lived in his car for yeah, no reason. Yeah, he lived reason. in his car, shaved his chest. Wow, like, that was little, a big little, sacrifice. Yeah, now. big sacrifices for yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, living in your car is a big sacrifice, but yeah, they can't call you to set. You don't have a phone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like in general, you know, if somebody has yes. to live there, but like having to shave your chest once is but not. But he a cared big more about the chest shaving than he did about living in his. That's car. what I'm saying. <laughs> Man's got his priorities all messed up. Yeah, yeah. Alright, so, yeah, anyway. so that was your Nouveau Shamanic segment. Oh, thank you. Of the week. Ooh, I love it. We should add a little like jingle to the okay, Nouveau Shamanic. I got it. Insert here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we'll actually make one this time. <laughs> if you're musically gifted, send us send us a theme song <laughs> for the Nouveau Shamanic segment of the week. Okay. So the next, like, I would say two scenes. First takes place on the roof of the bowling alley, and the second takes place in an alley leading to a tattoo parlor. And I would highly recommend just kind of pausing now and looking at this scene yourself. You know what? I think that we should add some audio from the scene and we can add it after. That's what I'm thinking. We probably should because... I want it to be high quality audio. So we might just take some snips from different clips. Yeah, by the way, this movie is available on uh, Amazon Prime. So you can can watch it if if you have a Prime account. You can watch it anytime. So you can stream it. Which is what we did. Yeah, so they're on the roof of the bowling alley. They're kind of talking about the war. One of their friends or, or one of their friend's brothers died overseas. When, and they're getting really upset about it. So they start drinking. And they start drinking heavily. And on the roof, Nick Cage says, <laughs> he walks away and he slaps his chest. He goes, you know what I want? I want a bald eagle right here. Big tattoo on my chest. He's like, what are those Nazis going to think if I come rolling over the hill with the bird of freedom on my chest? That's before they get too drunk. Then they get drunk and they're walking down the alley on their way to the tattoo parlor. And he goes, uh... So, they're in the submarine, right? And the Japs are going out with everything they got. Guys are drowning. Guys are on fire. There are sharks and they got guns. So you know what Tyrone Power says? He says, fuck him! Just like that. Tyrone Power never said fuck him. Right. And that's what he does. He just, he just serves the meal at Tokyo Harbor. Jeez. What balls. Maybe we should join the submarine corps. Pussies. What? They're pussies. No, Tyrone Power is not a pussy. You wouldn't know a pussy if you saw one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You know why? You know why? Because you drink too much. Me? 
Pisses me off. Pisses me off badly. Because when you drink too much, it makes your brain soft. <laughs> let me see. I gotta show you something. He starts humping the air. And <laughs> no, it's but it's, it's he's not humping the air. But it's something, and then it's like what he would do if he had a woman or something like it that. It is. He's so, not humping them. Right, but it's it's really horrible looking. So there's a scene later where he does like a dance, and the dance is indiscernible from his humping <laughs> motion. He looks like like a demented kangaroo. Oh, for like the sure. The way that he's moving. Oh yeah. I mean, so look. He played a drunk in Leaving Las Vegas, and that's what he won his Academy Award for. He looks like the kangaroo did the shrooms, not his cat. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably another one of those things where he's like, I got a lot of inspiration from my shroomed cat or something. Yeah. Before I started drinking, I could not do that. Why would you want to do that? It gives me pleasure. Oh, wowie! Wowie! Right here. Clear across my goddamn chest. A real patriot, huh? Damn right. In just four short weeks, me and my buddy here are going to be proud members of the United States Marine Corps. Lucky us. <laughs> Listen, kid. I'm going to do you a favor. I'm not going to put anything on your chest. That way, when you wake up in the morning, you still will have that wonderful baby pink skin. You thank me, believe me. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. This is the bird of freedom we're talking about here. Ain't no American that wouldn't be proud to carry that over his heart. You ought to cut down on the newsreels, kid. Hey, what is this? You give tattoos or advice? <laughs> All right. How much do you boys got? I, uh... Um, got a dollar twenty-five. I got thirteen cents. A dollar thirty-eight will get you a sparrow on your elbow. <laughs> a sparrow? Well, how about a snake coming out of your navel? Now that's real popular. <laughs> You've got to be kidding. He's kidding, right, Hunt? <laughs> I'm talking about the high-flying red, white, and blue bird of freedom here. The bird of freedom don't come cheap. <laughs> Brilliant. Just the whole scene is wonderful. We rewatched it right after. We rewatched it several times. We'll rewatch it again now so that we can add some stuff in. It was really good. Really, really funny. Just prime Nick Cage. It's really hard to describe. Very nouveau shamanic. Very western kabuki. (laughs) (laughs) So they're they're still out. They're still uh, drunk. And the next thing they do, and this is like two-thirds of the way into the movie... And at this point, I'm thinking, why Why the fuck is this movie called Racing with the Moon? (laughs) Thank you. Those were my exact next words. Why is this called Racing with the Moon? And we still don't get a full answer. No. (laughs) But, but, so what they decide to do next is like... This is like a thing they do. Yeah, it's like what they've been doing since they were kids. They're old, like, childhood friends. So, they decide that when the train comes... And when the train passes them, they're going to run after the train and whoever kind of hops on the train first wins or something like that. So they race in each the other and they, and they race the train <laughs> under a full moon. I don't know. I don't know why. So they do that and then... Um, they jump off the train. Right. 
And they jump off the train, and for a second, Hannah and I were both oh, like, we were oh, like, oh, he died. He's dead. He's real Nikki, dead. Nikki dead. And we were going to be like, okay, he's dead, and that's going to be the central conflict of the movie. Right. Right? Like, is how that, is Sean Penn going to cope? Right, Sean Penn, he, you know, he's got this new girlfriend. We were like, maybe that's the, the central kind of plot of the movie is him trying to woo this girl. And then we're like, okay, well, no, they've been dating for a while now. Everything seems to be going pretty well. And it's like, well, maybe it's about going to the war, but Sean Penn's character has nothing, so... You know, we're like, I don't know, maybe he's not that upset about going to the war. And then we're like, oh, maybe Nick Cage is going to die. And then maybe that's the central conflict. And we're like, no. So what? And thank God he didn't. Right. For the sake of this podcast. Well, yeah. I mean, we would have to end it right now. Yeah. But what turns out to be somewhat of the central conflict of the movie is that Nick Cage got Sally pregnant. And they, another movie, just like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, where it's like, ah, we got to get an abortion and we don't have the the money for it. Yeah, in the 40s. So they end up going, and I don't know if it's the next scene. It's a few scenes from now, but... No, it took a while because... Yeah, they, they had to get the money. Pull my, oh! That's a that's a fun they, scene, too. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, the billiard scene. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but what's really weird is that, you know, we don't really figure this out until at the end of the movie, that Sean Penn is the lead, and he's not smart, he's not dumb, he's not funny, he's not serious, he's not... He's just not a lot of anything. And he's the lead. Hey guys, future Steve cutting in here one more time. Uh, Basically, we got cut off again, and I just wanted to reiterate what we said when it was all grainy and sounded weird. And basically what we were saying is that the central conflict of this movie is really weird because it's not about the lead. It's that the lead's best friend got his girlfriend pregnant, which we found kind of weird, and we talk about it a little bit more here. Enjoy. I still thought it was overall a better movie than, like, Valley Girl. I loved Valley Girl. (laughs) That girl was fun. Okay, so let's see. The next scene is they are, I guess it's some sort of like military training. Maybe it's like a military training type of, it's like a mock battle scene. And oh, right. Yeah, this was a really kind of quick at scene. School. Yeah, it's like at their school. And um, so Nick Cage and Sean Penn get together and they decide to change. They it's have like a record. It's like a triaging activity. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. So they decide to kind of band together and change the record. The record was playing just kind of sounds of gunshots and, and ammo and, you know, kind of a war scene. And they just change it out to, what, what was it, Johnny Be Good or something? Oh, no, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. Johnny Be Good mm. wouldn't have come out until much later. Yeah. But um, it was they changed it to Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy, and they and like everybody kind of starts dancing. And Hannah and I, again, we turn to each other, roll our eyes, and go, no, not another, another movie, movie with, with dance Dancing numbers. people. <laughs> So the next scene is they are, oh, okay, so the next one is they're back at the bowling alley, they're kind of cleaning up, and so Nick Cage has a mop in his hand, and do you remember what happens? Oh my god, do I remember what happens? (laughs) What song is he singing? It was called Tangerine, I think. Mm, Yeah, I don't know it. So he was kind of dancing and singing into it. It's very Elvis. Yeah, I think it was an Elvis. Elvis. I think it was an Elvis song. It can't be. Oh yeah, 1942, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) But, I don't know. He acted like Elvis, right? Using the mop like a, like a mic stand, and it, he he sang like the entire song. Yeah, like we watched him full sing song. a dance for like <laughs> yeah. three and a half minutes. Yeah, yeah, the full song. Yeah, absolutely. So we do get a like a close up of, on his face here, and <laughs> and he's definitely wearing eyeliner in this scene. Mm-hmm. And not only is he wearing eyeliner, but he's also wearing his classic wife beater and he's wearing a blazer and his chest hair is just flowing out of the, it's just cascading. 
Oh, it's cascading out of his out of his beater. It's Finally beautiful. Grew back from his Valley Girl days. But yeah, yeah. So the scene's pretty short. I don't even remember what the point of the scene was, but he does the humping that gives him pleasure that we know so well. Yeah, at this point. I, I think the point of the scene was they continued to discuss how they were going to get money. Yeah, it's probably to it. pay for the abortion. Yeah, it was like 150 bucks, which for the 40s is yeah, a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot now. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. So the next scene is they cut away. They're talking to, they're looking at Sean Penn and Sally again. They're, or not Sally, Sean Penn and his Elizabeth McGovern. They're probably on another date or something. Then we go back to the bowling alley. And, uh, Sally shows up and she has some words with Nick Cage and we don't really hear what's going on. And this is kind of the first time that Elizabeth McGovern sees what's going on between them. And the only line is, that Nick Cage has here is he just comes up to Elizabeth McGovern and goes, women. Yeah, that's, I don't know, that's pretty much it. So the next scene's a good one because we kind of, we just talked about it a second ago and it's the billiards room. It's back when they're playing pool and what they're going to do is they're going to start hustling some of those sailors or some of the soldiers that are, that are at the bar. So they kind of, you know, botch their first couple of games. They say, all right, double or nothing, double or nothing until they can get up to the $150 that they need. But it turns out that they were also being hustled by the sailors who were also pretending to be bad. They were trying to hustle because Nick Cage said, no, of course I've got the money. And he pulls out a big wad of money. (laughs) So they're playing a bunch of games of pool. And we see a lot of games of pool in this scene. Like this scene has a full five minutes and it's like, we got it. We we, move on. But (laughs) it took forever. It was way too long. So there was one point where Nick Cage sets up the, the pool. He sets up the triangle, and Hannah's just like, he didn't do it right. <laughs> where, where he does like he's the like, eight- He's like, let's play eight ball, and then he like set up the triangle. I was like, that's not how you play No, nah, the eight ball. ball wasn't in the middle or wherever it needs to be, yeah. So Solids and stripes were all mixed up. Yeah, yeah, so he didn't do it right. So anyway, they get into a big fight with the sailors, and they are able to get away, and they drive away, so whatever. They couldn't get the money is basically what it comes down to from that scene. From that really long-ass scene was all that they just couldn't get yeah, the money. For all, that, all, for all that we endured, they did not make the money. Yeah. So they're driving back, and the reason... So they're driving back to Sean's Pen, Sean Penn's house, and it's Sean Penn's birthday. So his parents and his girlfriend, Elizabeth McGovern, are waiting outside the house for them. So everybody's kind of mad that he was late to his own birthday party. And so Nick Cage is just like desperate at this he's point. desperate because his girlfriend's pregnant he's about to go to war so he doesn't know what to do so and he knows that elizabeth mcgovern lives in a big house so he's like so he asks her for the money and sean and he and he kind of goes in, into the house and then sean penn asks her for the money and he's like i, I hate to do this but i guess she eventually gives him the 150 bucks that that they need but it turns out that elizabeth mcgovern is just the maid's daughter of the big house so she's not really well off either so she has so she tries to like steal the steal the money and yeah and then i think eventually she just asks for it right is able to provide yeah so again it's like why is this the main problem of the movie like well why like what it couldn't uh, i don't know i'm i'm not a writer i have a feeling that Whoever wrote it wanted to focus it around this ritual that the two boys have of, like, running up next to a train. Because, like, why else would you name the movie that? Right. And then they were like, oh, shit, it's a full movie. We need more stuff. (laughs) And then just, like, they were like, what is topical? Abortion. I wonder... (laughs) 
I wonder if during the filming of this movie, they were like, we want to make it about these two best friends and maybe the one's girlfriend. And then they started filming and were like, oh, Nick Cage is a fucking weirdo. And we're like, this is going to be a romantic movie, not a not a friendship movie. I wonder if that's what happened. Because Very well could be. Yeah, that Nothing sort of thing. Nothing would surprise me at this point. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, so let's see. They're on their way to the abortion clinic with the four of them. So they get to the abortion clinic and Sally's like, Nick, I don't, I don't want you in there. And he's like, well, fine. And Nick turns to Sean Penn. He's like, boy, 150 bucks for an abortion? He's like, they, you know, he's like, it's 11 at night. They see it. It only takes 15 minutes. So, you know, he's like, he goes, boy, that's some business, huh? And it's like, what an <laughs> asshole. Um, he's drinking and driving. Yeah. Classic. They go and drop off Sally or something. And then they drop off Elizabeth McGovern and Nick Cage and Sean Penn get into a, a bit of a shoving and arguing match. But right before that. Well, Elizabeth McGovern's mad at Sean Penn. Why? She was like. He sh- Nikki should have gone in there with her. And we were I was thinking, I was like, well, she asked him not to. Right. And and Nikki. And then even she was like, that. what if it was me? You wouldn't have come in with me. And it's and like, he was why like, are you yeah, just assuming that? Right. Like they were arguing <laughs> they just, about nothing. Well, yeah, they have but again, like the central conflict was that the like the main, main character's, character's best friend? friend's girlfriend had to have an abortion. So they were like, Okay, well the main character now has to get into a fight with his girlfriend. Right. I don't know. I don't know. It was so weird. Darn it. You know what? I really liked this movie, and then we started talking about it, and I'm finding all these, like, plot holes and flaws, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, that's why it didn't get good ratings. Right. Maybe this isn't a good movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess everybody makes up, and the next scene we see Nicolas Cage, this is the second to last scene we see him. They're back at the bowling alley, and they're packing up their stuff because they're getting ready to ship out for war, and uh, he's just kind of sitting on a bench at the bowling alley and Hannah goes, aw, sad boy Nikki. <laughs> and uh, so he's just kind of sad. He's, you know, smoking a cigarette and looking sad. And um, Sean Pezzett says something like, we've got to, st-. he's like, we've got to stick to, I almost did the Nicolas Cage voice <laughs> for, like for Sean Penn. But, Nick, but Sean Penn's like, you know, we can't keep arguing. We've got to stick together. You know, we're going to war. And then the next thing you know it, they're standing outside the train getting ready to ship off to war. And uh, they're talking to Sean Penn's parents. And um, he's like, Sean Penn's dad goes, you take care of yourself, Nikki. And he's like, I will, sure. And um, then they, so that everyone's like, get on the train, get on the train. And they don't get on the train. They want the train to leave so that they can run after it like they did when they were kids. But it's so irresponsible. It's so irresponsible. <laughs> it's like, get on the fucking train. <laughs> Serve your country. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I, but you know, but again, it's like the 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 drama wasn't about them not wanting to go to war because as they're running after the train, they've got smiles ear to ear, and we see Nick's goofy effing teeth, and we're like, ah, oh, yeah, okay, he didn't get his teeth fixed, Mm-mm. yeah, but yeah, anyway, that's the movie. They get on the train, they race after the train, and then that's that's the end in broad daylight. In broad daylight, so not the even moon, with the moon. The moon was out in like Where one was scene. The moon? One scene. Unbelievable. Um, all right, so we went through this movie. We probably beat it to death. But what are your closing thoughts? You said you liked it, but now not so much. Yeah, I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I see the issues with it. But I don't know. Just watching it at face value, I liked it way better than Codfish or whatever that movie was <laughs> Rumblefish? Called. Yeah, exactly. Well, I feel like this was our first, like, 
real movie, for lack of Fast a better Times term. Fast Times is a real movie? Well, yeah, but, but, Nick, Nick, but Nick Cage movie. wasn't in it. <laughs> yes, he was. He was barely in it. <laughs> so this was our first like real movie that had like a real Nick Cage presence. That's, you know, that was kind of Other my Other than Valley Girl. Well, but Valley Girl wasn't, wasn't a, real a real movie. movie. <laughs> it was like somebody shot it with like this terrible equipment and, oh, right. you know, was forced to show Tommy Pickles naked <laughs> yeah, in it. Yeah, I forgot about that. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen. <laughs> Otherwise, that sounds very out of context. <laughs> Tommy Pickles naked. But, um, but yeah, so anyway, yeah, like, you know, it was good, but it wasn't... Uh, it was good, not great, I guess. Right. Yeah. With that fantastic scene, which we'll we'll try to cut in over the, over the course of the rest of this week mm-hmm. and weekend. All right. So the next thing that we like to do after we go through the scenes and kind of go through the movie is give out some Nicolas Cage awards. So drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. All right. Do do we want to start with the with the big ones or or start with the little ones and work our way out? Start with the little ones. Little ones, you want to go? Save okay. The- Save the best for last. All right, so the most nouveau shamanic moment. You want to start that's with that? That's the last. That's the last? That's the big one? Yeah, that's his thing, dude. I'm going backwards. I'm going backwards. Let's start the other way then. All right, best costume. Okay. I think it's the blazer, mascara. <laughs> mascara. Um, <laughs> chest hair and beater and combo. White, and white beater. I mean, the only other real contender is just beater. Or it's like he's wearing like a silly bow tie as he's running for the train in the last scene. But yeah, no, it's a it's blazer. Yeah, it's the it's, it's the classy blazer. move. Oh yeah, add a blazer onto a wife beater, and suddenly you're tangerine uh, dreamboat boy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's best dressed. Nouveau schematics a big one, so we'll leave that out. Um, best scream. Ready? Hmm. Right here. I'm gonna I'm gonna insert best scream is. <laughs> Which one was it? No. <laughs> That was a great scream, Han. Thank you for editing that mm-hmm. in. <laughs> My pleasure. Uh, um, all right, so what do you think was the worst Nick Cage scene? There's there's kind of some throwaway scenes, like um, when they're in the bowling alley and Sally comes in. You know what? In. The worst Nick Cage scene was the hustling pool scene, because it took that, way too long. That was that was a bad scene. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't think he really had any great lines no, from that either. No. He, he wasn't it, even playing pool. It was um, it was pretty Sean normal. Penn playing pool. Yeah, it was pretty normal. What was the best Nick Cage scene? I, I yeah, mean, it's it, I mean, it, you can't. It's it, there's no context. There's no context. It's the alleyway leading into the tattoo parlor. Oh my god, it was so so good. Amazing. It was amazing. It was it was fantastic. I like I said, I highly recommend. My jaw you dropped. It. We watched it several times. That's the sign of a great scene. Like we did the same thing in Best of Times. We rewatched it over and over. Um, because it was just so weird and funny and goofy and nouveau shamanic, it, which is yep. a segue into our last award. So this is the big one. Humping. <laughs> it gives me pleasure. That was nouveau shamanic. That was nouveau its, shamanic. In its finest. For In its sure. truest form. Absolutely. All right. So I just re-listened to the end of our old episode and jotted down how we've ranked them so far. Okay. Our I first, think I remember. Our first four movies go: Best of Times, Valley Girl, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Rumblefish. Where are you putting Racing in the Moon? Racing with the Moon. As I said, as a movie, I mean, it, it's not that great. 
there's a lot of issues that yeah, I find with it. But it is looking back. Like, the first time we watched yeah, no, it, we were like, it was true. good. The first time yeah. I watched it, I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I got a better feeling from it than I did from Valley Girl. Mm. Or... Um, Best of Times? Ooh. See, there was a lot more Nicolas Cage in this one. And some gold. Right. And there was some gold in Best of Times for sure, but it really dragged about halfway through. Best of Times did? Best of Times. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant this movie. No, no, no. This one, I didn't feel like it really dragged. Like, I felt like I was kind of engaged in the movie. Yeah. This one I might top the list. I feel like this might be our list. worst podcast in terms of, like, our commentary, but yeah. I think that this was the best movie so far. Yeah. Yeah. For Nick. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree with you. So, I think that's going to take it. I think... I. I thought Best of Times was going to hang on a little longer. Um, it just got dethroned. It did just get dethroned, and it's honestly because of that tattoo parlor scene. It's, it's, so, it's so good. I it's mean, so good. God. God. Amazing. <laughs> it's everything I, I wished for. They probably did that scene like a thousand times. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, I would love to see like outtakes. Like... Oh, man. Anyway. Nick Cage, no, he doesn't need outtakes. He, 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 gets, gets, it, he gets it done, <laughs> one and done. <laughs> yeah, especially his movies where he gets paid like $6 million to film for three days. Yeah. <laughs> it's later in his career. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to about do it. Our next episode is going to be a movie called The Cotton Club. Um, it's got a huge cast, and I, I think I briefly read the... Um, the description and you it's know who directed like, this stupid movie the cotton club yeah no guess was it coppola again yeah really yeah oh so it's gonna be like black and white and artsy and crap probably <laughs> all right like <laughs> <laughs> drama queen uh, rumblefish was such a drag <laughs> but um here's yeah. nikki again avoiding nepotism oh my god avoiding yeah he's like <laughs> He's like four for six cashing in on nepotism. Yeah. Right? Because he's Coppola in two, and then he's directed by his uncle in two. And that'll be four out of six for failing at avoiding nepotism. For someone who really doesn't want to live in his uncle's shadow, he's really just living in his uncle's shadow. I didn't expect this to be such a big theme in our first five episodes. Yeah, nepotism. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, like I said, that'll about do it. So join us next week when we talk about the Cotton Club. And now you know why the Nick Caged Bird sings. Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care.